welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Sheeland. And I'm the other host, Asia Bonia. We're back this week finishing the first Maze Runner book, which surprisingly enough is called The Maze Runner. And this was my reread and Charles read it for the first time. Yeah. And as we tell you every single week, we're a book club podcast with the NerdPray Network and we read and reread YA books from our adolescence. Asia has read the first two of these books and I've never read any of them. So she's sharing it with me. Yes, and since you're new, you get to give us a summary of the second half of the book. Sure thing. So Thomas starts his runner training, and quite quickly after that, Teresa triggers the ending, so the circumstances of the maze change. As Teresa wakes up, more and more chaos starts to ensue, and the grievers start killing one glader each day. Finally, Thomas and Teresa do figure out the code out of the maze, as well as how to exit, because Thomas gets stung and goes through the changing. They get through the maze, and about 20 of them make it out, only to be whisked away because it turns out that the maze was basically a process to select the strongest and most capable of them. And basically you find out that there's a post-apocalyptic virus called the flare that they need to escape and help cure, and that's why they were culled in the maze in the first place. And that's it. So, I'll just give my impression which was that I did enjoy reading it. I kept, I, you know, found it entertaining. I'm trying to make sure that I'm not being unfair to Divergent because I feel like the similarities in the series are evident. And we've been pretty hard on Divergent as a book series. And I do think this is better, but I just want to make sure that I'm not being too unfair to Divergent. So, you know, if you can help, Keep me be honest. Oh, no. Let's bash on Divergent left and right. Okay. Well. It was terrible. Okay. But, you know, I just want to make sure we're fair on it. I do think this is better, and I will have points on why I think it's better there. But, like, just keep me honest, you know. I mean, I think you're being pretty honest, and I think we'll have to see how this series goes, but. Develops. How it develops and how the story ends, because I feel like, I mean, very briefly, our ultimate issue with Divergent is just the story we it bamboozled us it started one way and ended a completely different way and it just wasn't done that well whereas this story I think things are going to change but I think it's going to be a more natural progression and with that I'll get into my impressions of this reading which was basically just that I honestly didn't remember that much I knew that they were going to escape the maze by the end of the book and that quite a few of the gladers were going to die, but that's about it. I didn't really remember any specific details of how they were going to get out or anything like that. But like Charles said, it's it's definitely a page turner. Like it's a very exciting book and I honestly can't wait to dive into the next book for next week because I think I might remember that one a little more, but no promises. But I just feel that is overall better than Divergent because from what I remember, I think it's going to continue to stay interesting. Whereas another issue we had with Divergent was by Insurgent, by the second book, it was kind of something. It was kind of boring. It started to get boring. Also, I mean, we talked about the biggest, like one of the biggest like plot points that we really enjoyed was 
Tris and Four or Tobias, his relationship, which when they were kind of getting rocky, it just wasn't as interesting, which there hasn't really been a romance fully set up in this yet. Like there's a clear connection between Thomas and Teresa, but it hasn't been confirmed whether or not it's romantic. But so that's why I just feel it wasn't even that Tris and Tobias were rocky. It was that their relationship made no sense. Like, but like I mean, yes, their relationship got, got rocky. But I like, just meant like obviously we we didn't like it when they were fighting. That's what I meant. Like when they were, which I know like. And part of it was not even just that they were fighting. It was that they were like fighting over nothing. Like it was like the same. Like we had like the same problem happen a couple times. Like it wasn't even that there was relationship problems. It was that the relationship like. Yeah, it just was like badly written relationship problems yes but that was also that started an insurgent so right now we're thinking if we're just thinking of comparing the first book to first book we can at least say that based off of these two this book had an ending which we'll go over and divergent did not that other than that i think we should just go ahead and dive into the plot i think you're right or else we're gonna get stuck in our divergent bashing so like i said thomas starts his runner training and we find out that the maze basically repeats itself every month and that nothing has been revealed so far. Like, or that at least they've been taking data on the maze and they figured out that it repeats itself, but they haven't figured it out yet. Which to me at this point, if I was them, I wouldn't necessarily say that there's no way out, but I would like have adjusted my approach. Like, and Thomas kind of has this thought too, that like, if you've been getting the same, if you've been doing this for two years and basically the maze is the same every month, and you still have not found an exit. You have to change something. Now, Thomas goes about this the wrong way when at first he's like, we definitely need to stay out overnight. And they're like, well, we also want to die. But, like, there has to be, like, a middle ground because if you've gotten the same data, like, over and over again, that's the definition of insanity. Like, trying the same question, expecting different results. Well, I think that idea of the fact that the Gladers were so unwilling to give up speaks to why the creators created this whole maze in the first place because those are the kind of people they were looking for, which we'll get to a little bit later. That's true. But back to Thomas, he does figure out that Wicked, which is written on the backs of like the beetle blades, and he like makes the connection eventually that when he's in the maze with Minho, he sees a sign that says, World in Catastrophe, colon, Kill Zone Experiment Department, which obviously is clearly um, the acronym, acronym is Wicked. Yeah, okay, an acronym for like the the acronym is Wicked, so it makes sense. It stands for that World in Catastrophe Kill Zone Experiment Department. So they're definitely in an experiment, and if we needed any more proof, Teresa, when she triggers the ending, all hell literally breaks loose. The sky turns gray, the maze stops moving, the grievers stop coming except to take one person each night, and Teresa finally wakes up from her coma. And they also stop receiving supplies, so they know that the end is very, very close. And I gotta mention this, but none of the gladers, except Thomas, realize at this moment that they must be trapped in something, and because... Like Thomas says, if they can just turn the sky gray and just turn off the sun, then that means that the sun was never real in the first place. Because again, you can't just turn off the sun and like have habitable living conditions. That means the sun was fake the whole time. And none of the other gladers figure this out. And this thing that you and I talked about last week, we were like, what is the actual conditions? We were like, well, clearly they've got to be some like somewhat artificial because it seems to be regulated. And 
I really just like Thomas must be that much smarter than everyone else because none of them seem to figure out that if the sky is gray, they're in like an isolated created artificial bubble. I would say just to give like the benefit of the doubt to the other gladers, at least for Thomas, he's literally only been there for a few days. So it has not really become like his reality. Whereas obviously for all the other gladers, they, some of them have been there for years or one year or months. So for them, it's probably just harder of an idea to immediately grasp that this place that you've been living, that's your only immediate, I mean, your only memories. Cause again, remember all the kids, they have no memories. It would be a lot harder. I think for you to accept that everything that you've been living in is completely like you don't even have the sun. Like you're not even outside. Like what you perceived as being the sun and the sky isn't even real. I think it would just be harder for you to come to that conclusion as quickly as he did. Whereas he's not as like he's not connected to the glade. He's only been there barely a week, if that. So I would say like, I think that also plays into it. But yes, also, I mean, Thomas is very smart. And because he's newer to the Glade, I think he's able to look at it from a different perspective than most of the other Gladers. I think that's true. I think that's a good point. So now that they're all stressed out, they decide to do some more recon and find what they call the Griever Hole. Right in the center off the cliff, there is some sort of hidden door, basically, that they discover that the Grievers must go out and probably come into the maze through. And I said this last week, I said, I bet the edge of the maze is the exit. And I know I'm getting ahead a, little, a little bit ahead of myself, but I just want to say that that was one of my potential guesses for last week. So I just want to say I kind of called it. Very well done. Good for you. <laughs> and you didn't spoil it. When I said that, you did not give it away. I so didn't, I didn't remember that. Um, I did not remember that it was off the cliff's edge was a door. I mean... I figured with how they were describing it, it was clearly something that was going to be important, but I did not remember that that was actually going to be the way that they escaped the maze. Because when you said it last week, I was like, I feel like it meant something, but I didn't remember that being how they got out. But that is what it turns out to be, which we'll get into a little bit more later. But as if they weren't stressed enough, Teresa is passing, is constantly passing Thomas messages telepathically, like... The maze is a code and wicked is good. So specifically talking about wicked is good, which I think is something that maybe we can discuss too at the end. It seems almost for her to say that, like maybe the creators are doing this for some sort of greater purpose, which by the end we do learn like what the purpose of this experiment was for. But I am still curious as to why Teresa has the thought that wicked is good. Like if that's a true belief of hers. Mm, like maybe it was implanted in her or maybe she genuinely believes it. And I think we'll definitely get into that because, well, I'm, we'll get into it because it's going to figure into the ending in the epilogue a lot. But, you know, your instincts are correct that like the organization Wicked definitely thinks they're doing something for the greater good. So I think that you were definitely right in that. So then they finally get to nighttime in the ending but because it's the ending, or the ending has been triggered, the doors don't close anymore. So they realize that, like, they don't know if the Grievers are going to come into the main glade or not. So they start to barricade and protect against the Grievers. And at this point, Albie says he's going to watch the maps. And I wrote down, in my notes, verbatim, that's a bad idea. Like, just want to say, that's a bad idea. 
well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't write on anything during that part, but I would say that the theme of this reading is chaos because after they've barricaded themselves in, Galley, who, if we don't remember, is basically one of the gladers who, like, for some reason, like, hates Thomas's guts because he says that he saw Thomas during the changing and he's been missing in action ever since he threatened to kill Thomas. He, like, ran away and some of the other gladers, I guess, have been hiding him. But he shows up and he comes and tells them that the grievers will be killing one of the gladers one by one each night. And then on this first night, he comes, the grievers come, and he actually sacrifices himself. He jumps on one of the grievers and is, like, swallowed up by it. And the grievers all, after they get their one victim, they all leave the glade. But then Minho runs after the grievers just to see, like, where they're going. And he follows them, like, into the maze as they make their escape, which he does watch them. They go through the griever hole, which is, again, confirming that the grievers use that hole to enter and exit the maze. Yeah. And so this is basically when we find out now that one of the conditions of the ending is that they're going to take one glader every day. And so this is really what kind of like puts the pressure on the gladers because they know that they're going to one by one, they're going to die because, or they're one by one, they're going to get taken. And like when Galley showed up, I was like, this is a little suspicious because we know he ran off into the maze and like some people said that maybe he was hiding in like the forest of the glade but like as it ends up working out at the end of the book i feel like it was more suspicious that he ran out into the maze and it was kind of confusing because he comes out of nowhere like i really didn't know what to make of it but you know whatever because he you know when theoretically died right afterwards yeah we can talk about him more at the end yeah but then my theory, my prediction comes true. All the maps get burned. And I was like, hmm, I wonder who did that. Well, this time you were only right for one second because Newt and Mino actually had protected the maps. They had put in like fake maps. So when Albie went to burn them, he burned the fake ones, but they'd actually put all the actual maps down in the basement of the map room. So they were safe. So you didn't actually get to predict that one unfortunately okay but i did guess that albie was gonna burn them and now that they are decoding the maps which like i briefly mentioned Teresa kind of tells thomas and they like figure out together that the maze is a code so they basically said that the gladers are kind of looking at it the wrong way the maze isn't the way out or like how they've been tracking the patterns of the maze the maze is trying to tell them something some sort of code which could be the key to escaping so Thomas figures out how to read the code by placing all of the different sections, so the sections like one through eight, on top of each other, like on wax paper, to form a letter at each for each day. And so at the beginning, they figure out that they have float and catch. And during this time, while they're figuring this out, Tom finally figures out, Tom or Thomas, he finally figures out how to use his telepathy with Teresa. So he's able to now respond to her to speak to her as well and she ends up figuring out the rest of the code which it's a series of word going float catch bleed death stiff push and i think the first thing i wrote down when i read the code was charles were you also triggered by the word stiff because of divergent i totally was 
I thought about writing it down, but I was like, no, Charles, you're being dramatic and you're divergent hating. But I totally did. I read the word stiff and I was like, oh, abnegation. No. Ah, ah. Like, I used to think of stiff because we're both dancers. That like when you're like off of dance for a week, like you get stiff and tight. But now I read the word stiff and I thought of divergent. Like divergent ruined that word for me. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. So I just had to make the note. But here's something I did kind of start to remember as I was reading was I was waiting for Thomas like during this time. They're trying to like figure out basically what they're going to do because the grievers are coming every night and they need to know. So now they have the code, but what are they going to do with the code? And I like remembered this somewhat, but I was waiting for Thomas basically to come up with the idea to actually get purposefully stung by a griever so that he could go through the changing and receive his, at least some of his memories back. And he does come up with this idea and it's a good thing he didn't tell Teresa or New or really any of the other gladers who like are his friends because I'm sure they would have tried to stop him. And it was ultimately necessary for them figuring out how to use the code. Yeah, it definitely made sense that he should go through the changing, though I definitely didn't think of it myself. And yeah, you're right. They needed it. Either he or Teresa would have had to done it because that's like probably the only way they would have figured it out. Yeah, and so now that Thomas has his memories back, we find out basically what he receives with the memories is that basically the creators are testing kids and they're trying to find the best ones of these smart orphans to find who are like the most capable basically to serve some greater purpose which we're not sure of that yet at this point in the book what that greater purpose is and he also remembers that i guess thomas and Teresa helped design the maze which they were forced to by the creators and they were specifically chosen because of their telepathic abilities that like had to do with it of why they were using them specifically to help design the maze And most importantly, Thomas says the code has to be used on a computer panel that will be through the griever hole, and they just basically need to type in the code. So, yes, Charles was right. The exit is off the cliff through the griever hole. And, yeah, I mean, at that point, again, we knew that the maze, like, like I said, the maze, the fact that they had not found a physical path out of the maze yet meant that the maze itself was it wasn't like one day they were going to like find an exit like but I mean, I you know like like Thomas I was fresh to the maze so I looked at it with fresh eyes unlike the people who've been there for 2 years who were just like guess we're going to keep running but also like maybe my brain was just like I don't want to find the solution where I don't have to run at all like I don't want to have to run every day ever so <laughs> anyway Albie does burn the maps, like I said he would. Well, he burns what he thinks of the maps, and that's because he remembers from the changing that the world outside was is so much worse than what's in the maze. And so he burns the maps because he's like, if we can't get out, like, then we'll just stay in here. And, you know, I was with him. I was sympathetic for a while because, I mean, you know, before the ending... Not that the life in the maze would be particularly fun, you know, not having any of your memories and not knowing why you're there. But, like, as long as you stayed within the walls at night, like, it was pretty safe. And, you know, you got to, like, hang out with your friends all day. But, you know, once the ending comes in and it's basically proven that the Grievers are going to kill them all within a month and a half, like, I would have, you know, given up on Albie's logic at that point. Well, yeah, because at that point he's saying that 
death is better than whatever's out in the world, which I would, I would guess that most people wouldn't feel that way, especially in the moment. People don't necessarily just want to walk into death. You at least want to go down fighting, which is essentially what the creators did by forcing them, basically saying that if you don't fight, you're all going to die. I feel like it gave that final push of like, this has to end now because, and again, since they're looking for the best of the best, the best kind of, the best smartest kids are going to be the ones who are going to figure it out no matter what, because they want to survive. And so then Albie actually sacrifices himself during the entire escape and it doesn't help because basically the Gladers do decide they're not going to go down without a fight. So they all leave the Glade to go to the Griever hole because they, like they said, that's the way out. Except maybe and, like eight of them who are like, I don't believe. And they're just going to stay well, in yeah, the Yeah, like a couple of kids, which there's always going to be kids like that who like don't want to fight, whatever. So they're obviously dead. But anyway, the people, majority of them go. And since the the logic is if the gla- the Grievers, not the Gladers, the Grievers, if they're only taking one a night, they're like, maybe only one of us has to sacrifice themselves. And so since, you know, Albie's in his depressive state that like nothing is like worse than what is outside the maze, he just decides to go kill himself basically. But it doesn't help. The Grievers end up attacking all of the Gladers, but Thomas, Teresa... And Chuck are able... Is that his name? Yeah. Chuck or Chucky. Okay. I think it's Chuck. Is it Chuck or Chucky? He goes by both. I think both. it's Chuck. He's Chuck. Well, Chuck. The little, the little like, 12-year-old that's, like, Thomas's best friend. Anyway, they are able to make it through the Griever hole where they're, like, punching in the code. And they are able to shut down the maze, but only about half of them make it. So about 20, because I think they said about 40 gladers decided to fight. So only 20 of them actually escape the maze and make it to the creators. Yeah. And, okay, so this is where get even more chaos. So I was a little confused. I might need your help decoding it. Okay, well, I can definitely, ex- I can explain. But <laughs> first I got to backtrack a little because I it's pretty gory how it's described, which I was just kind of skipping, or I guess Charles skipped in the outline all of the vile fighting and blood and oil and pus of the Griever battle. I just threw up in my mouth. Well, I intentionally skipped it for you. Yes. Okay. Well, anyway, besides that, but yes, there's lots of horror. It's very gory. And I know, like I said, these books scariest books we've read so far and like i said i'm pretty sure it's going to get worse because i'm i haven't read the last book but in the second book i there's still scary things i think but besides that something else i want to talk about is so when thomas and Teresa and chuck go through the griever hole they're going to put in the code which the last word is push and when Teresa's typing it in, she says, like, it's not working. Like, she types she types in all the words. She types in push. It doesn't work. So as soon as that happened, I was like, well, push must mean they need to push a button. Because, like, of course, push, push a button or something. But they don't even realize that Chuck actually is the one who has to point it out. Like, there's a big red button on the floor or something. Like, maybe you need to push that button. So, I don't know. I thought that was pretty obvious. But I guess right there it kind of, again humanizes Thomas and Teresa like bring down their level of like intelligence and being like above everybody else like even they miss that and like Chuck's the one who had to point that out to them well I guess I'm on Thomas and Teresa's level because I was like oh no why doesn't push work it never occurred to me that it was push a button 
But I agree that I did like that it does humanize Thomas and Teresa because, again, they've really just kind of been like superheroes this whole time. So they shut down the maze, they make it to the creators, and one of them is there. She's this very scary woman, and she is with Gally. And he is like all possessed, like Albie was after the changing. And they're all wearing logos that say Wicked, which means that this is the organization that like set up the maze. Or at least these are people who are like technically observing them. They're kind of like in like glass cubicles. They look depressed. So who knows? But basically, we're led to believe these are creators. And she's all rude and she's controlling Galley's behavior. And then Galley throws a knife and it kills Chuck, which I did not see coming. So I was pretty sure, like, I was pretty sure that Chuck was going to die. I didn't remember how or when it was going to happen, but I just, like, remember that. I feel like because in the next book, like, obviously, this is a trauma that Thomas as a character is going to have to go to because that was his best friend, and he saw himself as a protector of Chuck because Chuck was pretty much one of the youngest gladers there, so he kind of felt like he had to be almost like an older brother or, like, parent for him. Like, he made this promise that he was going to get him home to his family. So obviously that hurt him a lot. But I will say, reading this, I was just really confused. I mean, I know Charles saying he was confused. I was also just a little confused during this scene of what was happening. Mainly just the part with Galley of, like, he was acting really weird, and I was confused as to, like, did they pull him out specifically, or was he in on it from the beginning, like, with Teresa and Thomas? And, like, why did he throw a knife? And, like, how you're saying, because the woman was basically controlling him? Is that what was happening? Because I was confused. I was confused, too. And I had the same questions. I was like, is he, was he always team creator? Or when he left the maze, did he get carried off and then join the creators then? Or was he working as a double agent? Or was he planted like Thompson Teresa? Like, I didn't. No. And then at the ending with the epilogue, it got even more confusing to me. Also, like he throws the knife at Thomas, but Chuck ends up in front of him. So it was like, were the creators trying to get rid of Thomas now? Like he wasn't supposed to make the mistake. Like, basically, I had a lot of questions too. And then the epilogue just threw all those questions into even starker relief because, well, we'll get to that in a second as well. Yes, because before that, it gets even more chaotic in the room. Because the plot thickens with random armed people breaking into this room. So basically I'll describe as all the gladers who survive, they come down into this room and there's like glass windows and they can see the creators or who they're assuming, we're assuming it too as the reader, are the creators. They're all like people in like lab coats sitting behind computers and this lady walks in with Galley. Galley throws the knife at Thomas, Chuck jumps in front, Chuck dies, Thomas panics, freaks out, blah, blah, blah. That happens. They stand up. Then immediately after that, these a whole bunch of people, like I would think of it like a, like when SWAT comes in, like in a movie or something, yeah, they break down, like. they bust down the doors. They shoot everybody, like none of the gladers. They shoot the lady. Did they shoot Galley? I don't know. Because that was also unclear. They definitely unclear. shoot the people in the glass. They shoot the people in the glass and they shoot the woman who was controlling Galley or with Galley. But it's unclear what happens to Galley in that moment. So in that moment, you're thinking, okay, these are maybe some kind of, it, it seems almost like some kind of police force or government because they seem like they're a rescue mission. Or like because insurgents, like people who are like 
Like the rebels. The rebels basically fighting against these creators. So they do that, and then they're like, come on, guys, let's go. And they basically, like, usher all of the gladers out, and they run out to get to load up onto a bus. But before the before Thomas is able to get on the bus, because Thomas and Teresa are at the back of the pack, you know, as the main characters always are, and Thomas, like, helps Teresa up into the bus, and then as Thomas is about to get on the bus, like, this woman, like, tackles him or, like, grabs him basically and she's clearly sick and she had she's described as having these like sores all over her face and she basically is like saying she's like oh you're gonna save us from the flare you're gonna save us from the flare you're with the people to save us from the flare something like that like i imagine like her voice sounding like a witch like the evil queen um in snow white when she's like the old granny selling giving snow white the apple that's how i imagine the voice I imagine it more like the Fates in the Percy Jackson movies, like kind of like Crazy Witch rather like than who? like Evil Witch. The Fates, the one eye god. Just like yeah. very like scary and creepy, but like high pitched. Yeah. I'm waiting for the impression, Charles. Where is the voice? Uh, okay. I'm going to get into the mood. Yeah, because I don't think it was as sinister. It was more, like, deranged. It was more like... Well, also, yeah, very You're deranged. You're going to save us from the flare. You're going to save us from the flare. <laughs> exactly. You're the one to save us. Save us from the flare. Yeah, something like that, which, like, I mean, I told Charles after we finished the book, I'm really looking forward to watching the movies because I've never seen the movies, and I think, I think they're supposed to be well done. From what I've heard. I mean, they made all of them, and they didn't do that for Divergent. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> they also didn't do that for The Giver or City of Ember, so. Does the City of Ember have a have a movie? Yes. When I did my intro for City of Ember, Saoirse Ronan played Lina. Like, it wasn't a nobody Wait, cast. what? Yes. I never heard of this until I did my research for the City of Ember first episode. Oh, we have to look that up. I didn't know that. I I didn't remember that you Freaking said that. Freaking Saoirse Ronan, before she was famous, plays Lina. Yeah, Maisley. she had to be really young. Yeah. This is like around the time she auditioned for Harry Potter and didn't get it. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll have to look at that. We have lots, we have lots of movies we, to watch. The only ones in this show that we have ever watched are the Twilight movies. We are so behind. That's because Twilight's the best one we've covered. I mean, Twilight is the biggest convert. I, I, I'm a Twilight fan now, so. I love, I love to hear it. Wait, 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 wait. We have to go back to this clearly sick woman because I don't know, and maybe this won't matter, but because she tackles Thomas, again, main character energy, but it kind of sounded more like direct. Like, was it she specifically talking to him that he's going to be the one to save him with the flare? Or was it the group? So what I'm getting from this, which... I don't think this is a spoiler because, to be honest, I don't remember. But this is what I would think that she was referring to is, like we said, Wicked clearly is some sort of experiment, which we're about to find out in just a second, that basically they're trying to figure out. We find out the flare is basically this sickness that's taken over the world and they're looking for a cure or they're looking for they're trying to like train orphans, basically like kids to be able to go get the cure because the cure is somewhere else and it can be, it has to be, they have to go on a quest. (laughs) They have to go on a quest basically to get it. And so they're looking for the best of the best kids to be able to go on this quest to get it. So my assumption of her saying that is 
people who just are general people, even people who are sick, have probably heard of the organization like Wicked or other organizations. Like there could be multiple organizations in this world trying to like do different routes or different like plans for how they're going to get to this cure. So I feel like it's more of a general. I don't think that it was supposed to be like specifically to Thomas as he's going to be the sole person. I mean, obviously he's very important and I'm sure he'll be a part of the team who's going to be sent on this quest eventually if that happens. But I don't think that it was supposed to be directed at him specifically. And he could get Shailene Woodley and just killed off, you know, at the end. Well, I guess she didn't get killed off because they never got that far in the movies, but <laughs> her character just got axed. Well, but that would just be my guess. I obviously, I don't know for sure, and I don't remember, and like I did never read the last book, and I would assume that if there's going to be a cure, it wouldn't be till the last book. But so I'm not 100% sure, but that would be my theory. Okay, well, I'll take it in stride. So basically, then the lady on the bus tells Thomas and Teresa what we just said that the flare is this uncured sickness and that there might be a cure in the Andes, which is like South America. And these people were picked because they're basically being culled to decide who the most capable of them are, who will not give up in the basically the circumstances that are completely dire and illogical, people who won't give up. And that they're going to have to... Like in the maze, which is what the gladers literally were in the maze, how we said earlier, how they would not give up even though there seemed to be no real solution, they never gave up. Exactly. Those are the kind of people they're looking for because they're going to cross the equator, which is called the scorch, or now, which makes sense. The equator is the hottest area of the planet, whatever, you know, in a post-apocalyptic world, maybe, I don't know, we blew it up. And they're probably going to have to cross it, aka the scorch trials next book, probably, and then get to the Andes to get the cure. Again, they're on a quest. And I think, again, that's, I guess, what the next book is. Because, again, the next book is called The Scorch Trials. Yes. And then we do get a final piece of information in the epilogue of the book. Which is that it sounds like their rescue, this supposed rescue, the gladers that, like, shot up all the creators. It was actually all a part of Wicked's plan. And they also refer to the Gladers as a group A and mention a group B being successful. So that means there must be another batch of kids, maybe in a different maze experiment or a different experiment of something completely different, but just absolutely insane. So like I said, I'm definitely looking forward to reading the next book because I feel like, again, this book ended with we got a complete ending of the story but like it's just setting up for so much more and like where this like there's so many ways like it's just gonna be really good like I just I can tell I mean I don't know how you feel about it but it's it's on a whole nother level like from Divergent so yes so we should let me quickly say yeah the that was my confusion but you read that the same as I did that basically the rescue was part of Wicked's plan so, okay, great. I'm glad we're on that same page. So this is where I was wondering if I was too harsh on Divergent because we really ripped Divergent for not having a true ending. In this one, they have the ending and that they get out of the maze. We know that all of them get out of the maze. But it also feels like I definitely want to read the next one. Are we being too harsh and saying that, like, the story's not complete? No. Divergent, they were on the train. They didn't escape. And then it was that the worst paragraph I've ever written in, or ever read in my life, the conclusion paragraph that was like, am I a divergent? Am I abnegation? Am I dauntless? I am all of those things. <laughs> okay. 
And in the very beginning of the book, I'm none of those. I'm not even divergent anymore. I'm, I don't even know. It is, we're not being too harsh. Divergent is in no way a comparison. I will, I am really excited to read the next book. I, like, because the next book, maybe that's, we're going to focus on group B. Or maybe we're going to reun- we're going to unite with group B on the way to the equator. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. But I guess it is a complete thought. Because to me, this is, this is much more similar to the Hunger Games. Like, in the sense of, which obviously the Hunger Games out of this dystopian genre is obviously probably the most popular, most well-known, best, best one. Masterful. That's also the best well done. Anyway, so if we say Hunger Games is number one, I say that this is to me a much more similar, um, like you said, they escaped the maze. The plot line was, we were thrown into this maze. How do we get out of the maze? They got out of the maze. But we come to learn, actually, this maze is part of something bigger. So they're hinting at that. So, I mean, really, if you weren't interested in knowing what it was, you got what the comp, you, the conflict was resolved. They escaped the maze. But obviously, this is still a series. So there has to be something to tie you to draw you in to want to read the next book, but not so much that how in Divergent, like the yeah. story literally felt unfinished. I guess that's true. I think, yeah, maybe I'm just being, I'm, I'm being too cautious because I don't want to be too critical, but I think that you're right. Like it's a series. There should be a hook to keep you reading. There and, should still be a hook. Yeah. But also like, and we already started getting the meta world. Whereas like the thing, the problem with Divergent was that the whole premise of the world changed after two books with basically no indication that where that came from. Whereas this one, the world is getting bigger at an appropriate size, at an appropriate speed. Yes, because even so, like, yeah, Divergent maybe didn't have a best ending, but in Divergent and Insurgent, the premise or the big conflict, it's more similar to The Hunger Games, that there's basically, they're on the verge of civil war, basically, which Within that's what Hunger factions. Games is about. They're, uh, they're about to start a war. But instead of Divergent going on the civil war, it actually turns out their entire society is an experiment, where from this, from the get-go... Or pretty early on in the book, it's clear that this is not like there's something else going on. There's some great I mean, they say they even refer to these creators. There's some higher power watching over them. And then as they escape, you think maybe they've escaped this higher power and are no longer in their experiment. But actually at the end, no, it seems like that was actually all a part of the plan, and this is just phase two of the experiment. Yeah. Which I think is very, very interesting. I mean it really is. I'm really excited to read the next book. So Okay. You, you've assuaged my fears. I just didn't want to be too mean. I'm, I'm definitely the critical There's one of no the podcast. There's no such thing as being too mean when you're being honest. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Also, I mean, even like we mentioned in, or how last week with the intro that I did of this series, a big issue I think that we have and people have with Divergent is, it's just clear that it wasn't that well planned out. And it's just in facts. She wrote the first book in a matter of weeks. This, he wrote this over the course of years. Dashner wrote this over a series of years. He took a step back from it and revisited it, which for me, I feel like with any great series, it takes time because you have to, like we always say, we love world building. And if you're going to build a good world, you have to come back to it. You have to take a step back. You need to get feedback. You need other people to read it. Like, which it's just. You need other people to see and be like, is this believable? Like, can you get into this world? I mean, again, that's why. The most successful, Harry, most successful like book series of all time, Harry Potter. She knew the world beginning to end when she started writing. Like before she wrote the first book, she knew the whole thing. 
which is why those books stand alone. Which is the best way to do it. Because then you don't have you don't have any plot holes or anything because you've already planned out. Like you are writing something for the first book because you already know what's happening in the sixth or seventh book. Like you know what I mean? So I mean I don't necessarily know if that's what James Dasher did, but he obviously had some sort of plan or he had an idea of where he was going. Whereas in Divergent, I feel like it sometimes reads that in the first book when she was writing it, she didn't necessarily know what, where exactly she was going in that third book. Because if she did, I feel like she could have put more foreshadowing or like Easter eggs so that maybe the first time you read it through, you might not have picked up on it. But if you did a reread, you'd be like, oh, that makes sense. Whereas just like we reread it, I mean, it'd been a while, but like if we read the book right now, I don't think that there's anything in there telling us that they live in an experiment that's like except I that mean, one, I, except the one line where except the one line Trish that I says, pointed out. Maybe the fence was to keep them in, like, which was not enough to to justify. Because again, it kind of like you said when that book, it feels like the first book she wrote it on a vacation. The second one, I mean, I already said even the experiment thing. Ultimately, for me, like I said, the killer of the book is that Triss dies and somehow we end up with Tobias as our main character. That, to me, kills the entire series. If Triss wouldn't have died or the book would have been told from third person, I think I I wouldn't criticize it nearly as much. It's the fact that it's already spotty on, like, the entire plot line, but the fact that the ending is just the worst part. Like, you can't finish terribly. That's all people remember, which is why it didn't get movies. We have to stop talking about Divergent. We're on Maze Runner. That's over. We, we're clearly traumatized by Divergent forever. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Any final thoughts on this book before we move on to the next one? Um, I don't think so. I will say that something I was just thinking about is I feel like I talked about there was going to be lots of monsters. I guess in the book there's only the Grievers, which I will say I think I'm getting confused from Harry Potter with the maze in the mm. fourth book because there's like monsters they have to the like activities or whatever it's called the trials the things they have to like fight off in the maze i feel like i was getting those two things mixed in my memory which is why i was imagining more monsters whereas in this it was which just is funny because there are no monsters it's in spiders the we movie. know we know no i'm just saying that's something that people criticize the movies for because the, fir- the fourth book in the maze in the book, he has to go through a bunch. Like, not just spiders. There's also no, there's a whole a bunch. So I... Groot, there's a sphinx. There's an enchantment. And in the movie, it's just like a dramatic maze. Which, yeah, there's I mean, like, that's the probably leaves just are because and like, also, if they put all those monsters, it would have been way scarier, as if those movies aren't scary enough. Yeah, you already get to it. Also, you have Voldemort coming back to life at the end of that movie. So, so it's I'm saying it's already me. scary enough, like probably rating wise and stuff like to have all those monsters would have just been a lot like especially if, if they're still having like kids are going to want to go see it. Anyway, OK, we're talking about too many other things. We are done with the Maze Runner, the first book for today, I think. Wait, I have one thing I really quickly want to say. It turns out they're not superhuman because when they're running, they do get tired. So it just means that the one time oh, yes. Thomas ran a half marathon after being traumatized the night before, it just must have been adrenaline. Not really how adrenaline works, but we don't, at the end of this book, we have no proof that they are bionic humans. Like, obviously he and Teresa are super smart, but they're not superhuman. I did write that down because 
Thomas talks about after his first day of being a runner, he's like, how do people do this? Like, they probably have shin splints and stuff. Like, it's definitely, like, explained very quickly that, oh, no, they they are just normal people. They just obviously, I mean, just like with any athlete, the more you run, you get better at it. So probably, especially, like, Minho and the other runners who've been doing it for a long time, it's probably, it comes easier to them, obviously. You still get tired, but you're able to go for much longer. Anyway, there's no plot. There's no plot hole. I just wanted to say the plot hole is not there. And now I'm done. Okay. Well, I guess the only last thing I'd say is I want to see if any of, like, because, again, I have a question about Galley and everything of, like, what happened to him. And did the creators, like, were they actually killed? Like, did they actually shoot them as a part of their plot? Or was, like, it fake bullets? I'm just curious to see. Or were those fake creators? Yeah, I'm just curious to see which, with my high expectations for the series, I am hoping we are going to get some sort of answer to that. I have a feeling we will. Or just, like, more... Just, I just feel like by the end of the book, we'll get like more of a complete answer to any question we would have had about anything. I just, that's my expectation for this book. I'm setting it right now. I have high expectations. I mean, if we don't get any follow up on them, I'm just going to assume all those people were just Dead. dead. Okay. Well, with that, we are going to be starting the next book in the Maze Runner trilogy, which is called The Scorch Trials. We're starting that next week, and we're going to be reading chapters 1 through 31. Yeah, and if you have predictions, theories, questions, comments, you want to talk about any of these things, or you want to just keep talking to us about hating Divergent, remember, you can stay in touch with us on the Nerd Party website. Just go to nerdparty.com slash contact. You click on our adorable throwback paperback icon, and that'll send us an email. And you can get in touch with the network at large on Twitter at Party or Instagram at the Nerd Party or Facebook.com slash nerdparty. And you can find me on Twitter, not really, at C.E. Sheeland, and much more actively on Instagram at Seashells. Just a side note, Charles just said about our cute throwback paperback icon. I was just saying how the only series we've absolutely loved is Twilight. I mean, that's not 100% true, but the one that we've fully converted Charles to become a true Twilight fan. I think it's perfectly fitting that that's our logo. I mean, it's, I mean, when we were, you know, arranging, just developing this podcast, the, our you know producers over at the nerd party were like there's nothing more iconic in terms of young adult literature than the twilight, twilight. Logo. and i was like i mean it's true twilight or hunger games is like iconic young adult literature and twilight is so iconic so i'm really glad it's our logo i also it's super cute yes but for me i'm at asia bonia on twitter not really, but more newly, I'm at Asia Bonilla on TikTok, so you can follow me over there, trying to be a little bit more active. And as always, I'm at Asia.Bonia on Instagram, where I'm the most active if you want to reach out. And if you enjoyed this, make sure that you rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends. And of course, check out the other podcasts on the Nerd Party Network. And make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss us next week. Yep, hit that subscribe. Have a good one. We will see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.